Welcome back, everyone, to Life and Lit. This is episode 77, and we are deep into our spooky season lineup. The past few have been your lighthearted fall rom-coms, and we are making a full twist here into more of your psychological thriller slash horror mood. We are kicking off this section of spooky season with They Never Learn by Lane Fargo. Before we dive in, I'm Paige. And I'm Sydney. And this is Life and Lit. All right. Just a completely different vibe this week from the past two weeks of your lighthearted romance and like the idyllic Halloween town. Now we are switching to a full on psychological thriller. This was dark. This one was this like was really, really dark. <laughs> it was almost too dark. And that's kind of a lot who almost exclusively listens to true crime. And yes. I'm like, this is fucked up. This is messed it up. Is, I don't like it. It is messed up. It's yeah. I definitely like I flew through it. Like I feel like yeah. it's very well written and I wanted to know what happened, but let me tell you, the first night I read it, right before bed, I had the worst nightmares. <laughs> like, very vivid. I felt like it was happening to me. But I guess it wasn't really a nightmare. It was more like a, a very dark dream. But I was completely calm the whole time. But we'll we'll get into it once we kind of discuss what the book is about. But yeah, if you decide to read this, which like I do recommend it, like it is a very good psychological thriller. It is very dark. We're gonna have to put a lot of trigger warnings before we Well, start that's what I was just it. about to say. Like, I'm honestly surprised that this did not have any sort of like content or trigger warning at all. Yes. Which yeah. ba- like based on the content of it. Not that it's super graphic, but it just deals with a lot of heavy stuff. And yeah. I was like, Which, you definitely probably need to be in a, like, okay headspace to read that. Or I could see how this yes. would be very triggering and upsetting to people if they've yeah. been in one of those situations. Like, that is messed up. It is messed up. I've, I definitely had, I, it, like, took a second for me to become, like, comfortable in reading this. Because I came straight from like Society of Witches and the X Hex. Mm-hmm. So I was in that happy go lucky fall girl vibe. And then suddenly I start reading this and like from the get go starts off with a bang. And you're just like, okay, like we're doing this. We're switching vibes here. Um, we're taking a so... complete sharp hard turn into <laughs> crazy land. And it, yeah. it is a lot to process coming off of the, like you said, the like happy. Gilmore Girls cozy fall vibes to House of Horrors but yes but I will say like if you ever watched the show Killing Eve uh, which I, I watched like the first couple seasons I need to I think the last season was like released finally I need to go back and finish it uh, if you liked Killing Eve I think you'll like this book this, I do feel like this is darker which or is saying Dexter. something. It's very Dexter vibes. Or Dexter. Uh, I also heard, like, when I was reading reviews, I saw it compared to that movie released a couple years ago, Promising Young Woman, 
Yeah. Uh, which I haven't watched yet. I want to, but I could see from what I know about that movie, I could see like how that was like, you know, tied together. Um, but yeah, what, what a wild ride this book is. Um, it'll be a very interesting discussion. I think I'm excited to talk about it. Um, but yeah, that's our initial take. I think. <laughs> Not like the glowing reviews we've had for the past two because they were so lighthearted. Uh, but I enjoyed reading this book. I think it's a very well-written book and I recommend it if you are in the headspace, like you said, yes. for a read like this. Yes. So without further ado, I will do a quick summary of They Never Learn and then we will dive right in our recap. So this is They Never Learn by Lane Fargo. Every year, Dr. Clark searches for the worst man at Gorman University and plots his demise. Thanks to her planning, she's avoided drawing attention to herself. But as she's preparing for her biggest kill yet, the school starts probing into the body count on campus. Determined to keep her enemies close, Scarlett insinuates herself into the investigation. Everything's going according to her master plan until she loses control with her latest victim. Meanwhile, Gorman student Carly Schiller is simply trying to survive her freshman year. Finally free of her abusive father, Carly just wants to fade into the background. Her roommate has other ideas. Allison Hadley is cool and confident, and the two girls quickly form an intense friendship. So when Allison is assaulted at a party, Carly becomes obsessed with making the attacker pay and turning her fantasies about revenge into a reality. Featuring Lane Fargo's trademark propulsive writing style and sinister of-the-moment suspense, They Never Learn is a feminist serial killer story perfect for fans of Killing Eve and Chelsea King. Very good. There I... it is. Very dark. I feel like if you read the back, you kind of get that warning of this is not going to be a lighthearted, fun read. Um, True. Which as... But happens i don't ever read the back hardly but i do want to say this book came on a recommendation from my best friend erica of the judges podcast fame she sent this to me on tiktok because she knows i love to read she knows we did the post this podcast obviously so she'll send me like book talk stuff and this was one that she had sent me i'm like oh i this i saw this on tiktok it sounds good and so that's why we went into it so like i knew the general premise of it yes but yeah it's not how back, dark it would get. yes yes and the back yeah. of the book probably would have showed that a little bit but you know <laughs> we like to be surprised i it's just a fine blind here exactly so that's our official summary our official thoughts on the book if you want to go pick up a copy for yourself and read it then come back and listen press pause here Otherwise, spoiler alerts from here on out, we are going to be discussing the book in its entirety. And I will also insert our official trigger warning here. As you heard in the summary, this book deals with very dark subject matter. So if you are at all trigger triggered or like in the wrong headspace to read something where there is violence, you know, we are reading from the perspective of a serial killer. So you are, are in their mind. And also um, assault and abuse against women is a main theme in this book. So we just want to put that out there. It is a tougher read. And if you just want to press pause here, you don't want to hear about the rest of the story. We totally understand. Yep. So 
we start off the book um, with Scarlett or Dr. Clark. She is one of the English teachers at Gorman University, and she is our main gal, our head serial killer. She, they started this off with a bang, let me tell you, because uh-huh. she's like lying in wait for her most recent victim. And the way that she kind of plots all of their demises is they, she makes it look like an accident. Um, She learns their routine. Yeah. She learns their routine, figures out where they go, what they do, and how to plot a kill that would look like something that they would do if they were going to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. So this latest victim um, is like working out in the home gym behind a frat house. um, And she laced like his homemade sports drink or like pre-workout to... I think she put she put some side like rat poisoning, right? Yeah, um, was that was also in the garage, arsenic or something. Yeah, that she found in the garage of the frat house. So it very much looked like he was, you know, putting together his sports drink one day, grabbed a little rat poisoning from the garage and sprinkled it in um, because he had recently been not convicted but accused. Yeah, thank you for putting up with that word for me. <laughs> Accused of assaulting a girl on campus, uh, but he was not convicted, and really nobody paid any attention to it. So, yes, Scarlett- and he was. What I thought interesting with this was like it was a group of guys. It was basically like a gang rape situation. Yeah. And so she's harboring ill will towards all of them, but he was the only one that was sober during the right. attack. All the other guys are like plastered, you know, whatever. But he soberly participated in this horrible act. Right. I mean, it's bad enough to do it at all, drunk off your ass or whatever. But even worse, arguably, to do it completely sober. So she, that's why out of all of them, he was her target. Yes. And she thought he would make, this is going to be poorly worded, but the biggest splash because he is like the star quarterback at the university. Mm-hmm. Like everybody likes him, you know, and she uh, had him in class one year and he was just kind of like one of those lazy, I get by because I'm the star quarterback. I don't have to try mentalities. So she kind of had a personal vendetta against him, but she knew like, yeah, making him her target because he was sober, but also because he was one of the most popular kids on campus would hopefully send a message. I think it, at the end of the day, that was what she wanted to do. I mean, she definitely had a thirst for killing and, and bloodlust, but at the end of the day, she wanted to send a message out to every other guy who had ever hurt a female or was thinking about it. But then as I'm thinking about this, and this was another, which we'll get into it, I'm sure, as we go along. But, like, one thing with this is I was like, but what message? Like, I guess I don't understand how it's sending a message or teaching the other boys involved anything. Other than, like, they just frame it as he was so guilt-ridden over his part of the attack that he killed himself. And it, like, puts them on edge. But what was the book we just read where they talked about? how like oh it was house across the lake and how like killing killing the perpetrator 
didn't actually give the families justice or anything. And that's how I felt with some right. of this book. I'm like, you're not really, I mean, I guess you're getting vigilante justice. You're on that vigilante shit, T-Swift style. There we go. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but you're not really, I don't know. I get it, but I don't. But I get way. it, but I don't. But also the serial killer, like, it was kind of the opposite in House Across the Lake because the serial killer was killed without like revealing where the bodies were, and then well, this one, meaning, like, the serial killer is taking them out. I know, but I'm meaning justice for the the people that wrought. Like, it's not teaching those boys a lesson by because it's not like it was known that he was killed. Because of his because of actions. That. Yeah. So it's, it's not, not like, like Batman with like a message. Yes. Like spray painted on him. Yeah. Yes. That's where I was like, it's not, I mean, it's just, everyone's drawing their it's own conclusions. It's just murder. Like it was so, right. It wasn't even like, like it was murder with an internal point, but it's not making an external point, which is what yeah. I think she was going for. But yeah. either way, it's, uh, she really, Scarlet thinks of everything because she, watches him drink the poison goes up there watches him die she's like i want him to know that this wasn't an accident and what happened as he's dying and then she even takes his phone and like makes one last cryptic instagram post Mm -hmm. and just really covers all her bases so i was i did appreciate all of the foresight like she her planning she's doing yeah so yeah which she's done it enough that you know she's a pro at this point because tyler um the boy she kills at the very beginning is definitely not her first. Uh, but this is a dual viewpoint book. We have Scarlett, our serial killer, and we have Carly, the young freshman college student. And it's literally every other chapter is from the other point of view. So um, Carly is starting at Gorman University. Um, her She comes from a very like abusive family. She's really close with their mother, but her father is very abusive towards both of them. So she's not sad to be leaving home. Um, You know, it's kind of the first day where everyone's being dropped off and like the tearful goodbyes between parents and children. And she's kind of like, okay, you can like drop me here uh, and I'll move into my dorm room. Like I don't need any help. She's trying to get away from her father as quickly as possible. Um, So you immediately feel for Carly to be in that situation yes and she's very shy and timid and she doesn't have a lot of self-confidence because of the environment she grew up in so you do like that's such a transitional time in anyone's life but especially Mm -hmm. someone from a troubled upbringing you do really like feel for her so carly gets there on her first day and she moves in to her dorm room and she's unpacking all of her stuff and she meets her new roommate Allison who is a sophomore at Gorman and she is like this vivacious beautiful outgoing girl she's a theater major she's a sophomore so she's got friends on campus already like she's lived in the same room or the same dorm because she said oh I'm just gonna take the bed I had last year you know there's it's just like the dual personalities of the two the outgoing and the shy and the 
you know, reserved and vivacious and whatnot. And then with Allison is her, what we think is her boyfriend, Wes, that she, from the same hometown, they grew up together. They come in all buddy-buddy and Carly can see a picture of them over on Allison's side, like a prom picture. So she just assumes that Wes is Allison's boyfriend and he's very cute. He's tall. Um, He's like a theater major and something else. But yeah. he has. But he's like the nerdy cute, you know? Yes. And he and Carly have a class together, a writing class together. So they start to become friends a little bit. So it's just but a glimpse. Carly's I love. Like, he's off limits, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like he's out. Yeah. Of she's yeah. worried about becoming too. Yeah. She doesn't want to be too close of friends with him if that's her roommate's boyfriend and all of that. But I just loved the college. Like, I feel like this did a really good job depicting college yes interactions and the like newness of that all so it did a really good job um, yeah especially like if as a freshman if you had a sophomore roommate you're like oh my gosh like they're practically an upper class and like it was yes just, I don't know they were on like a whole different level you're like they yes. know they've been they here for everything. a whole year <laughs> yeah yeah and sure. Allison totally like milked that she was you know i think she like secretly oh yeah she was like yeah i know everything like stick with me babe i'll get you through you know yes for sure she decides to like take carly under her wing and try to bring her out of her shell so then we're flipping back like you said the novel flips back and forth every other chapter but in scarlet's timeline news is spreading about Tyler, the athlete's death and suicide and like classes are getting canceled. It's going crazy. And the department head, I guess, or one of the head of the university decides to make like a task force because he's like, this is the whatever number of suicide we've had lately. This has just been happening way too much. We need to address this problem and make this like task force to investigate these deaths and see what's going on. So Scarlett's immediately on edge because she has been responsible for the majority of these deaths on campus. So she volunteers to be on the task force to try to like stay in the know of what they're talking about and also like ward off suspicion yeah, but also, but also maybe, like, me... lead them the wrong way a little bit. Just give them a little nudge in the wrong direction. Yeah, but it just also gave me such an ick because there's so many times that, like, the killer will insert themselves into the investigation. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yeah, this is dumb. This is You're playing into one. it. You shouldn't yeah. be doing this, but whatever. Oh, well. Ugh, it, ugh, it just gives me the heebie <laughs> I don't like it <laughs> it is creepy like you can't think too deeply about this book because it is creepy because you are reading from the point of view of a serial killer yes. it'll get to you it'll definitely get to you yes but yes and... she joins the task force and but like the part that was interesting to me because you know like on tv for example killing eve which there's a similarity between the two uh but Killing Eve, you're watching, and you have to watch the performance of how Eve, not Eve, uh, Jodie Comer, like 
plays the character and you rely on like facial expression and body language and the dialogue but when you're reading it it's like they explain it to you and it's like Mm -hmm. you are reading the logic of the serial killer she's like oh like I don't want to be here but I have to school my expression so it looks like this so that they think I'm sad when in reality she's not feeling anything and that part was like the freaky part to me is that they're able to play their character so well it's definitely a lot more psychological reading it like you said like yeah feel like you are in the mind and in their thought process versus like you said just watching on screen as someone is outwardly portraying their emotions right it's you're thinking like how they logically think through it like okay these people are showing this reaction i need to show this reaction too and while they're feeling no emotion they are copying everybody's else emotion everybody else's emotions that they fit in and they don't you know draw suspicion to themselves and it was like oh that that gave me the creeps yeah because i'm like how many people out there are doing that super creepy think that way yeah But also on the um, task force, kind of the person that's heading it up is a woman named Mina. And she is, I guess, in the English department also. Yeah. And she's kind of taking charge of this investigation. So Scarlett doesn't know that much about her other than she used to be married to the department chair or the department head, Alex, Dr. Kinnear. And, yeah, she's just, like, a beautiful, kind of glamorous woman. Yeah, but she's also much more capable than Scarlett was counting on. She kind of thought it would be, like, you know, part of my friends kind of, like, a half-assed attempt at a task force. And Mm -hmm. they'd be like, oh, well, no leads. We couldn't find anything. But then she meets Mina, and she gets to know her, and she's like, oh, like, she's on a mission She's very intelligent. She is going to figure this out. Yeah. So that's kind of the internal conflict of this investigation and task force. And like, is Scarlett going to be able to keep everything covered and cover her tracks of what she's done? Or is it all going to blow up? Um, Exactly. And then meanwhile, Meanwhile. (laughs) we go back to the youngins Carly and Allison and Wes have become this little trio and we learn that Wes is not Allison's boyfriend. They're just best friends from the same small town in high school and they went to prom together just as good friends. And yeah, so basically he's available to Carly if she would want. And Wes kind of has the puppy dog crush on Carly. Mm hmm. He's, like, very nice to her, always includes her. Like, Allison is very much that friend. They kind of remind me of, like, the It Girl that, um, you know, they're best friends. They're, like, polar opposites. But the more outgoing one, Allison, can sometimes be mean. So she can sometimes be mean to Carly. And you don't really know. I didn't really know, like, how authentic the friendship was on Allison's part. For sure. And it's like that moment in Mean Girls when she's staying in the hallway and she goes, oh my gosh, I love your sweater. 
where did you get it and then she the girl walks away and she turns around and she goes that's the ugliest sweater I've ever seen in my life like it was those moments where Allison is nice to Carly in seemingly good ways but the minute that she's not useful to Allison or the minute that she seem like seems to get in Allison's way Allison just cuts her off and starts being very mean and Wes tries to warn her about this of like yeah Allison is she likes to use people and you know everything's fine as long as she's happy but if you get in her way she'll cut you out and things right. like that which but, made me think I'm like does he hold a grudge against her like dead West at one point like Allison and like want to be with her but she like he wasn't useful to her and so he's like well we can just be friends like that's fine but like does he hold something against oh, Allison that's interesting I never thought of it that yeah. way I just still thought of it of like he was trying to be truthful with Carly and like, cause he didn't yeah. care about her and look out for her, but he also was still like drawn into Allison's one of those things where it's like, well, it's better to be used by someone and still get to be around them than just yeah. not be around them at all. Like he still got to be friends with the beautiful popular girl or whatever. Right. But, um, but Carly falls under Allison's spell a little bit too and she's so like starved for friendship and comfort that she latches on to Allison and like getting to hang out with her and not even it's not even being around the other friends and like all the parties that Allison takes her to but it's being around Allison herself like she gets pretty obsessive she does like, it, yeah, it maybe. definitely gave me the, it, I don't know. It was it was just kind of weird to me, like, how quickly she latched on yes. to Allison, even though Allison didn't treat her that well. But I think it's just a product of her upbringing. You know, like, she had somebody who seemingly would go the extra mile for her and wanted to do all this fun stuff with her and was giving her attention when she's used to like trying not to draw attention to herself she's trying to fade into the background and Allison's no like come here like come out of the background and show me like who you really are like you're hot let's do this like that you have like the classic college roommate makeover scene for a party where she's like see if you would just show a little skin and put on a little red lipstick you're hot you know um but another part of it was that Carly was falling for Allison because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of underlying sexual tension in this book yes all around oh yes in all the timelines there's a lot of underlying sexual tension and Carly actually comes out to Allison um, which I thought was like very sweet she felt very comfortable mm-hmm. uh, with Allison like this is her best friend and I think it's like the first person she's ever come out to yes. and Allison well because like, Allison oh says it first i think about yeah bye and that's yes. what kind of gives carly the okay to be like oh well i am too yeah yes. and she goes oh i knew you were silly like all the cute girls are you know so she's like flirting with carly um she's encouraging her to be more of herself to come out of her shell so i did i did like that for carly like she mm-hmm. was getting some confidence there no matter how questionable I found Allison to be um and so you kind of have like those classic college roommate scenes like oh let's go skip class like let's do this together uh let's go to parties 
But Allison's main focus that first semester was the theater show Cabaret because she's a theater major and she, you know, she was wanting to um, get the lead and she wanted to play opposite like the hot theater boy Bash, which I just laughed every time I read his name. Um, because yeah, short as we discussed in pre-record, it, it is short for Sebastian. I have a cat named Sebastian. But definitely Bash. not the best nickname. But what I Bash is like the F boy nickname for Sebastian. Yes, but I also at first was worried that that was just his God given name, and I was like, that's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. So I'm at least glad that it was actually Sebastian, and they just called him yeah. Bash because that's less horrific than the other way. Yeah. But yes, Allison was crushing on him hard and just trying to get his attention any way she can. But he, you know, plays it cool, shrugs her off. He's kind of a ladies' man. Yeah. He's kind of like, oh, I can have anybody I want. Yeah. But Carly immediately dislikes him and yeah. distrusts him. She's like, something's off with him. Like, I think you should stay away from him. And Allison was kind of like, oh, you're just you're just jealous. Like, you're jealous of the attention I'm getting and that I'm giving him attention. So you kind of had that back and forth between them um, as the semester went on. Yes. Allison and Carly have a little bit of that tension. And then there's, like, the Wes and Carly tension. And then there's also Carly is on she's an English major or in a writing class, but she's in an advanced writing class, even as a freshman. And she's really doubting whether she should be in that class. Like it's all upperclassmen and her, but the TA or the, was he even a professor at that point? Or he's just, like, he, was a, he wasn't tenured, but I think he was like a young professor at the time. Yeah. yeah. The class is being taught by like a really young, cool professor. And he, really builds up her confidence and is like, I put you in this class because I read your entry work, like your entrance writings and they were the best in the class. And like, you wouldn't be here if you didn't deserve it. And he's gorgeous. He's young. He's just a few years older than the college students. He's kind of the cool professor that all the girls have a crush on. And Carly is not immune to that either. So there's like a little bit of tension between her and this Ooh. professor named yeah. Alice who she's like flustered because it's again it's the same thing where like he's building her up when everyone else in her life has always just torn her down and so she that feels really good and he's cute and he's young and he's a writer too and you know he's plays it cool like oh don't call me professor call me alex and i care about you and i want to be you know if you were struggling with anything even not this class let me know and like trying to reel her in trying to gave me the egg i was like i don't trust you like he didn't yeah. do anything like explicitly wrong but yeah. i was it's always those people who are like oh like don't think of me as your teacher then i'm immediately like i don't trust you yeah because like, there are supposed to be boundaries like it's one yes. thing not, you don't have to be the old stuck up 80 year old curmudgeon that everyone hates but there right. still needs to be some level of professional boundary between 
a teacher yeah. and student or a boss and an employee like yeah you can be like the cool leader and not yeah. creepy about it yeah and when like, someone and still have that boundary someone out and like takes a special yeah. in them that's a red no flag. immediately no yeah. yeah so carly's got a lot going on she's you know it's a completely different life for her right now and she's she's figuring it out but we go back to scarlet's and you know they're kind of in the midst of this um investigation and She's decided, like, she needs to stay close to Mina because Mina is so capable. Like, she's worried that she's actually going to catch on to what's been happening. Um, But she's also picked out her next target, who she has been waiting for years. It seems like she took the job at Gorman with this, like, specific goal in mind. But her next target is Dr. Uh, Kinnear, who's, like, the department head, the department chair um he's your typical like works his way up the ladder using everybody else as you know the step ladder because he's like he didn't get there of his own accord essentially like everybody else has worked harder everybody else is arguably a better professor but he still got the job um because you know he's charismatic and everybody loves him and he can basically like talk his way into or out of anything yes but what really seals the deal for scarlet of making him her next victim is that she is going out for this fellowship this writer's like fellowship thing in england that's super exclusive it's called like a women's writing fellowship or something yeah and her whole goal is that she she's spent her whole academic career focusing on this one female writer who was the husband of another prominent writer, but she's focused on the wife and, like, all of her studies. And this, if she goes and gets this fellowship, she can go to England, and there's this whole collection of this woman's writings that she can, like, study in depth. So she really, really, really wants it. And then yeah. she finds out that Dr. Kinnear is also applying for this fellowship. And she's like, through the Women's Academy? And he's like, right. well, it have to just be for women. Like, it'll be fine. And so this just sets her off. And she's like, I am not going to let him steal this opportunity away from me after he's stolen. You know, he's ridden everyone else's coattails to get to the top. Right. And I'm not going to let it continue and take this away from me. So she decides that she has to kill him bef- to get to get him out of the running of this fellowship basically so right which is kind of the cherry on top for her because she originally like set her sights on him because he has um extracurricular relations with mm-hmm. a lot of his female students um and you know nobody has come out against him or like you know, specifically accused him of anything, but she knows, like, she's watched, and she sees how he, like, plays favorites, and some of the girls play into it. Coming out of his home, like, yes, overnight, and yeah, or she'll, like, he has, like, unusual office hours that the same girls go to all the time, so 
he's been in her sights for a while and this kind of like sealed the deal when she heard that he was applying for the same fellowship she's kind of like two birds one stone this time which is a little bit uh hypocritical of scarlet because she also has Uh um extracurricular relations with her ta um Uh but it's I guess completely consensual if you want to find a silver lining. (laughs) But that's what I also like. I did not like Scarlet as a character there. I don't find a single redeeming quality about her. No. And this just made me mad and like honestly took away, in my opinion, some of the point that the author was trying to make with all of this because it's like we don't know if those other relationships were completely consensual between right. the man and the student, like Dr. Kinnear and his student. One of them acted like she loved it, and that was her whole thing. And so it's like, why is it a, not okay? Like, you're literally killing him over this, right. but you but are you're doing ruining your GA, and that's okay. Like, and her argument is that he's older. And really, that's it. Like, that's the only way she can justify yeah. it. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't count in my eyes. So, no, that's a yeah. Loose, that's a loose yeah. justification. Yeah, that's a stretch. Um, but I also did not like her TA at all. He gave me the creep. No, his name he's is also Jasper. a Yeah. Yeah. First of all, his name is Jasper. Um, yeah. But second of all, there was a screw loose. And him too, because he gave me the heebie-jeebies from the get-go. And he they have a like, very what? Well, I was gonna say he's like really obsessive about her. Yeah. But then I also feel like okay, Scarlett, this is what you get for he's younger than you. Like he's an older TA, yeah. but he's still younger than you. You're in a position of power. Like obviously, he's gonna become attached and go right. a little nuts. And like that's a trope that plays out. So it's but she would out. also like at times be like, I wonder if he could be like me. Like, I wonder if he could be a killer too. Like, yeah, because she saw some of herself in him. Yeah. Because she's like, usually I don't like let this sort of thing happen, but I think he could be like me. I'm like, okay, so like obsessive. Yeah. A killer. I'm a, you know, Those I'm a aren't good qualities to latch on to. Um, but exactly. Anyways. Exactly. She so it took a bit of credibility if we're gonna give her any um because of that, but yeah. um but she sets her sight on Dr. Kinnear and is laying the groundwork, like we said, to be involved in this investigation, but also to get closer to him to like really amp up her stalking of him and figure out where he's going and what he's doing. Um she even goes so far as to go to like the home. She finagles an invite to the homecoming party at his house so she can like stake out the layout of his house and see what's mm-hmm. up. Um, and she sets in motion this whole plan of like, I know the way to get to Kinnear is to seduce him. And so she's like, he's been trying to make passes at me this whole time and I've always blown him off, but now. I'm going to use my use my wiles to get to him and that will that's how I'll seal the deal basically. So she cooks up this whole scheme to seduce him and 
that's how she's going to get in an inside in to kill him. And she comes up which it was like wild how easily done it was. Like you can tell which brain he thinks with because yeah. whenever she like dressed up, she like dressed up kind of like sexy librarian. I pictured mm-hmm. like when she went to talk to him because she was she did it. She's like, I know I have to like play to his ego to do this. So she went in um on the guise of like talking to him about the fellowship and getting his advice because you know he wants to be in charge he wants to feel like he knows more than other people and so you know she dressed up but then she kind of gave him like a little wink wink too um a little flirty she's like if I could come over maybe we could talk about it just the two of us over dinner you know Mm -hmm. and he immediately was like yep how soon you want to do this (laughs) yeah and she makes sure to tell him like well don't don't tell anyone about this. Like, this needs to be our secret. I don't want people to know that I was asking you for help or like no one can know I was at your house. And yeah. And she lays the plan to do all of this on Halloween night because she's like, everyone's going to be out having a good time. They're going to be distracted. She even makes some joke about like, are you going out for Halloween? And he says, no, I'm going to be inside with my curtains closed. So the trick or treaters don't come. So she's like, Ooh, that's perfect. You know, the house will look dark and it'll all be fine. So she cooks up this master plan that's going to happen on Halloween night. So meanwhile, back with the youngins, Carly and Allison are getting ready to go out for Halloween. And Allison has dyed her hair blue because she's wanting to be a character from, oh my gosh, I can't remember the movie now. That's going to drive me nuts. Um, Kate Winslet. I know. Oh my gosh. What is it? Well, there's this whole moment where she asks Carly to help her dye her hair. And they have like this tentious moment. And she drags Carly out. And she like puts her in this sexy costume. And they're going to go out to this party at Bash's house. And uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes. Sorry. That just came to my mind. I was like, this is going to bug me. (laughs) I haven't seen this movie, but whatever character it is, she's got blue hair and she's recognizable. So that's who Allison is dressing up with because it's like, you know, an artsy movie, I guess. Yeah. Um, Draw attention to her. Yeah. And then Carly's just, she doesn't even have a defined costume. She's just wearing like fishnet stockings and short shorts and this like corsety thing. That Allison yeah. had. Um, and they're going to this party at Bash's house. And Carly's super uncomfortable with the party situation. Because she's not a big drinker. And it's just too many people and too much noise and activity. And at one point she loses Allison. Like, mm-hmm. can't find her anywhere. So, at this point she can't find Wes. She can't find Allison. Like, Allison had been on a mission to find Bash and flirt with him, and she's been dancing with him and all that stuff. And then Carly just loses sight of her. So she goes upstairs to go to the bathroom, and when she opens the bathroom door, she sees Bash and Carly in there, and Carly is passed out, like, literally passed out on on the sink, and Bash is holding her up, assaulting her while she's unconscious. And... Carly goes into a rage 
and starts screaming and trying to like get him off of her and she starts making a fuss drawing attention to herself and by this point Wes comes up and they together like get Allison out right and Bash the whole time is just acting like, well, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, what's the big deal? We were just having fun. Yeah. When Carly's literally, or Allison's literally passed out. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. He deserved every bit of rage she threw at him. him. But, like, during, like, that bathroom scene, you're reading it from Carly's point of view, and she's like, I wanted to hurt him, like, and yeah. it felt good, because, like, she does, you know, like, reach out and, like, scratch him and, you know, all this yeah. stuff, but um, she's like, it felt good, and, like, I wanted to do more, I wanted to go further, and she's like, and that scared me, but it also, like, was thrilling to me, and that kind of freaked me out. I was yeah. like, this is the I get the rage. It was, like, her. fully warranted but the whole enjoyment thrilling part of it yeah and so they get allison like down to wes's car and they're trying to figure out what to do and carly's like well we need to take her to the hospital we need to call some like call the police wes is like i've been drinking i can't drive us either so Carly, Allison doesn't want to go to the hospital, but Carly's like, I'm not giving you a choice. This is the first time that Carly, like, boss man's up and starts yeah. making decisions, which I really respected at this. Yes. She's like, no, we're going. We need to report this. We need to figure something out. So they take her to the hospital, and they're waiting in the ER because they think that she, like, maybe don't they think she has, like, maybe has alcohol poisoning or something? Like, she just can't get wake- woken up. They're wanting to do like yeah. They think Bash slipped something into her drink. Yeah, they think that he drugged her. So they're waiting in the ER. They go through this whole thing. They finally get seen, and the doctor, a male doctor, basically just blows her off. And yeah, he's like, "Well, what do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to do a rape kit?" And Allison's like, "No, no. Like, he didn't really rape me and he's like well then what you're here wasting my time like what do you want me to do with this yeah and he's like what Carly, do you do? like you can sleep it off yeah this also puts carly into a rage because she's like you didn't even test her for drugs you didn't even do anything and allison is feeling more embarrassed and she's like let's just go home and so yeah. they leave and allison like tries to sleep it off she's been throw- she throws up all night carly's taking care of her like just wanting to move past the incident right that's how their halloween goes and then we go to scarlet's halloween night and she gets very dressed up for the occasion dressed to kill if you will and um she decides she's going to walk to uh, Dr. Kinnear's house and Jasper kept texting her like where are you are you home and she's like uh like can I come over and she's kind of like well if I don't text him he's just gonna use his key uh-huh. but I don't want him to know like where I'm gonna be so she like doesn't respond to him she's like that's best like he'll just find his own thing to do tonight so she walks over and um takes like the route through campus and you know she sees all the kids going to the parties. You know, she sees, like, all the friends. Friends with blue hair. And you... 
you can just picture I picture SIU on Halloween night. Yes, for um, sure. And she finally arrives to Dr. Kinnear's house because he lives like right off campus. And she knocks, his curtains are closed as promised. And she's basically like, let's just get dinner and get to the main event, you know? But their main events are two very different things. But before um, they get to doing anything, he's like showing, she's like um, admiring his private collection of like these rare books. And she sees like this very small, like red diary and she asks him about it and he takes it down and he's like you know this is very rare it's very delicate but it's the diary of the female author that she has dedicated her entire like education and her career to and it makes her so mad that he could keep something like that that valuable that precious to himself it's like really how selfish he is mm-hmm. um and so they, like, set it on the table. She's like, let's just skip dinner. And they head back to the bedroom. Um, they had had a couple drinks beforehand, um, but she had slipped some medicine. I think it was just, like, cold medicine or something. It was medicine that he, like, already had. Yeah. For. That would make him drowsy. Yes. Um. So she, you know, orders him to take all his clothes off and, like, get on the bed. And then she, like, starts tying up his wrist. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, you've never done this before. And he's like, no, I have. Just, like, not like this, you know. So she's got him all, like, tied up to the bed. And then she, like, kind of straddles him on top and, like, looks him in the eye. Uh-huh. And they're, like, you know, kind of going back and forth. And she goes, do you remember me, Alex? And that moment blew my mind, Sydney. Yes. Did you that see that was very poorly revealed on my part, but no, did you see it coming at all? I didn't see it like explicitly. I thought it was like weird that there were so many serial killers on campus because I'm like, you obviously started to get that vibe from Carly. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh, she's a lot of pent up rage and hatred towards men specifically and she kind of has like this violent tendency that she's kind of kept pushed down um but you know whenever she does something violent she talks about how good it was or how good it felt for her so i was like this is weird and i was like is this going to be like a student mentor relationship that's what i thought yeah i was like is she going to like meet but they never met either so it's like okay so do they meet in the second half and then scarlet figures out carly's like her and then i'm like no it makes sense that scarlet and carly are the same person and you're just seeing because the like the way she lined everything up was perfectly done yes like as scarlet now like an experienced serial killer is like oh like honing her craft you have carly like learning about her tendencies and desires to do these things and you see like maybe what inspired Scarlett to do what she's doing now but the favorite part that we were talking about earlier uh, was the blue hair like the blue haired girl Uh because the author like, like Lane she lines it up so perfectly to be like Scarlett saw like 
these two girls, obviously friends, on their way to a party, and it said like the pretty one with blue hair. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, it's like Allison and Carly going to the party. But then, boom, no, the big reveal is that Scarlett and Carly are the same people. But she keeps you guessing until the, until the moment she reveals it. Yes, which I didn't see this coming from the get-go. Like, we always love to guess the twist. I did not see this coming at all. I definitely thought it was going to be, like, a Carly is going to snap and then Scarlett would be her mentor type thing. Yeah. But there was yeah. one moment in a Carly flashback that made me I don't even remember what it was but it was when she mentioned something about Alex the professor or the teacher of her class in a weird way that I was like is that the same person and that's what made me think it so like when that reveal came I was like oh it makes sense or I think it was it was right after that, like, I read that Carly spot where she said something about Alex, and then the next page was Scarlet, and I was like, Carly, Scarlet, Carly, yeah. Scarlet, like, that seems <laughs> yeah. a little too similar. Yeah. And, yeah, then we go into the big reveal that it's all flashbacks, and Alex, who Scarlet is currently present day trying to kill, is the professor from her time at school and she's changed her name and like changed her hair because she's got this bright red fiery hair now um and so it's not just the fellowship and him flirting around with his students there's an even more personal grudge that she's holding because as we'll find out later, he crossed the line with her as a student. Yes. And betrayed her trust. And so it's like all of this pent up rage that she's trying to take out on him. And yeah. it also is her fatal flaw, though, because she can't, she couldn't just do her deed and kill him. She wanted to make sure that he knew who she was and like why she was doing it all. And yeah, in she took time, the time to revel in it. Yeah, she took too much time to soak it all in and make sure he suffered and knew that his sedative was starting to wear off a bit and he's able to like overpower her and get away. So now it's all going haywire because she obviously can't let him get away because then he'll tell everyone that he she tried to kill him. But now she has lost control of the situation of making it look like a suicide because she was going to try and make it look like an auto, like an autoerotic asphyxiation gone wrong on his part. But now he's like jumped up. Like very specific. Yeah, she definitely did weird situations. But then she also told the backstory of like how she lived in Chicago for a little bit. She's like, well, I learned that you can't just use a gunshot because it's really hard to make it look self-inflicted. And like, yeah, that gives me the ick just even saying that. Like, yeah, like she, this is not like her first rodeo. Like the, she works other places and kind of like honed her craft. Yeah. She learned the like easy ways to stage it and make it look good. But I also feel like this is not an easy way, but I know that's what I was like. This is a very specific way to do it 
yeah, I guess that was the best way she could come up with for her plan of having to like seduce him. Because everyone yeah. else, she just lured in other ways. But yeah, but this anyways, one was more personal. She's lost control of the situation because he's gotten away from her and he's like jumped up and he's off the bed and it's a struggle now and he's running and trying to get away from her. So they like scuffle and run back down to the kitchen and end up with a knife like in a knife situation and she ends up stabbing him and killing him like slitting his throat basically in this kitchen yeah and so now she's freaking out of like what the heck am I gonna do there's no way I can make this look like an accident until she sees this like beautiful table heat set with these lit candles and so she knocks them over and starts a fire and just hopes that it will burn the entire house down before. Well, she, like, makes this funeral pyre for him, essentially. Because she, like, yeah. buries him in all his precious rare books that... And, like, flammable stuff. Yeah, and then just, like, drops the candle on top. Yeah. But she saves the book. She saves the little book of writings from this author that she loves like she just yes that away. she's like i don't like, usually there. take tokens but how can i let this one go and i was like oh scarlet that's gonna be your undoing i knew yeah. that like from yep. the beginning i was like For this sure. is gonna come back to bite her yeah um so she goes home and you know she's she's burning the whole outfit that she wore because she wants to get rid of all the evidence when she hears like footsteps in her hallway just like who could possibly be here and it's jasper the ta that she's having not really an affair but we'll call it an affair with yeah um and he's like where have you been all night like i've been calling you and you like won't respond and you know because he's like we said he's obsessive uh with her and He's like, what are you doing? Like, what are you burning? And she's like, I've been here the whole time. And he's like trying to like see behind her to see like what's in the fireplace. He's like, no, I was here earlier. Like you were not here. And so she knows like the one way to get his mind off of that is sex. So they have some really weird and wild sex. Um, And then we're back to Carly. Yes. And, and <clears throat> after Allison's assault and Allison's like trying to say that she's okay and like deny that anything happened, but like she's losing weight. Um, she won't go to class, she won't hang out with her friends, like she's becoming a shell of who she was, but denying that anything happened. Because it's yes. hard to accept. Yes. And it's hard to sure. acknowledge and talk about it, especially when you know, a lot of people in positions of power won't do anything to help you. Yes. And so Carly is, like, trying to reach out to her, trying to help her as much as she can. And she convinces her to go and report it on campus because she's, like, I've, she, Carly does a lot of research about what thing, what will happen. And she's, like, yeah, we may not have any physical evidence, but if I report it to someone, like, they're a mandated reporter, they have to tell someone that type of thing yeah. so she and allison agrees she's like okay i'll do it like if it will help this from happening to someone else whatever and so they go to their dean's office or someone i call at the campus a woman and she basically gives them the same treatment as the doctor and is like well 
we there's nothing we can do there's no proof and she, maybe you shouldn't be maybe you shouldn't like, be in these positions in the future like you shouldn't get yourself into these positions yeah which like did you because like you don't know that the dean is female until like they're in the office right and did you feel like a little relieved you're like oh it's a female okay like this is yeah. good like this will go better and then like the way my heart broke and like my mm-hmm. jaw dropped when because like they you know told her everything that happened and she said something like well you were lucky then weren't you yeah nothing really happened and I was just like oh my gosh like yeah there are no allies here and it it broke my heart which I think is also such a time capsule because it's not nothing's really dated but present day Scarlet does make some allusions to the pandemic and like wearing masks and how it was easier to sneak around unnoticed when everyone had a mask on so you know it's like relatively recent yeah so minus out like 20 years or something like early 2000s yeah I would hope that the response would never be that way in present day but right I also you don't never have know. as much faith in everyone but the reporting laws are a lot different now, or I think are different now and a lot more strict. Yeah. And like it's such it's taken so much more seriously now than it was even 20 years ago that I would hope that wouldn't happen. But that was so heartbreaking. And it really crushes Allison because she's like, mm-hmm. I went out on the ledge and I told my story and I was vulnerable and I shared it all and I basically got denied and shut down again. So she Right. This is what really seals the deal for her of, like, I'm just going to bury it and pretend it never happened and, like, I don't want to talk Which about like, it yeah. type you thing. You can't blame her. No, but Carly cannot let it go. This is where She kind of, like, flew into a rage and, like, scared Allison to the point of leaving the office because yeah, she because... was like, you can't do that to her. And, and she, like, it's that, like, part of her that she kept, like, tamped down that you know, unleash itself in the bathroom with Bash and Allison yeah. now, like, rears its head again. And it come, I feel like she has less control over that side of herself now that she's let it through even just once. Yeah. And she starts yelling at the dean or whoever they talk to. And then Allison runs yeah. away. And they can't find her. But this is where, like, their relationship really starts to fracture because Allison wants to try to, like move on and pretend it didn't happen like she's still not normal by any means but she's trying to self-soothe and like self yeah medicate i guess like trying to just get back into her old life and pretend that everything is fine and carly just cannot let it go and is like this is where the obsession goes even farther like with allison because she's carly becomes obsessed with like asking if she's okay and like Trying to like smother her basically, and Allison and she like just follows mutilate. her around campus. Yeah, like to make sure she doesn't get into any other bad situations. Which, yeah. On the one hand, I'm like, I get it, and that's very noble to want to go to the ends of the earth for your friend. But at the same time, like, yeah, you need to respect your friend's boundaries, and people deal with things in their own way. And she's tried to tell you to back off. 
and out and Carly just can't let it go. Yeah. It, yeah. It got a little stalkery there. Yeah. Like she would like skip class and work at a specific table in the library because it would give her a view of Carly doing whatever, like with her friends at this time on a Tuesday. Like, yeah. no, that that's going a little beyond uh, protective friend. Yeah, for sure. And Allison's picking up on it too. She's like, dude, you're weirding me out. Like, leave me alone. Yeah, like you need to leave me alone. So she's, yeah, kind of icing Carly out at the moment. Like they don't really hang out or spend time together, but that isn't helping like Carly's mental yeah like health at the moment so she starts thinking like well if I can't help Allison then I could teach Bash a lesson because like in order to like essentially like avenge Allison so we switch back to Scarlet and it's the day after Halloween and Jasper stay the night. He's downstairs cooking breakfast and she just really wants him to leave, but he's like inserting himself into her life. But she gets a call from Drew, one of her colleagues that she likes. He like only person that she actually likes, the only male that she yeah. really likes. And he breaks the news to her that Dr. Kinnear is dead because they he had a house fire and they found his body and he lives like just a street over from drew and so it's really like rocking the whole campus and scarlet has to like we said before play to her shock and play like the hurt and devastation just like everyone else and try to make it seem convincing and hope that they take it for what it is as a true fire and not discover that it was like a homicide covered up by a fire. But of course it always comes out because it always does. And the police start investigating because they notice just the oddness of the whole situation, but they start investigating everyone and like trying to find out more about Dr. Kinnear. And so this has thrown Mina back into the loop because she's his ex-wife. But she and Scarlett surprisingly bond because Scarlett expects her to be devastated. And Mina is shocked, but she's also yeah. like, he was a bastard. Like, I'm like, not I that sad. Them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So they kind of like develop a friendship. And there's definitely some tension. Like you said, this book is full of, like, sexual tension. And you can sense it between those two. But I started to get, like, now that we know Carly and Scarlett are the same person, like, that same, like, obsessive, Mm -hmm. like, feeling from Scarlett over Mina. For sure. Because she she starts hanging around too much. Like, she... Ends up sitting front row at Kinnear's funeral with Mina, which yeah. is weird. And even the police noticed, like, oh, you're pretty good friends with the ex-wife. Like, that's mm-hmm. kind of odd. And she, like, goes over to her house and sits with her all night, the day after the funeral and all this different stuff. And, yeah, definitely borderlines on obsessive. But she's also, you never know if it's that she's, I mean, it's the underlying tension, but there's also the heightened part of, like, Mina is getting closer and closer to cracking 
mm-hmm. the similarities of all these deaths. Like she's got the whiteboard in her office that lists out everyone that's died that are mostly Scarlet's victims and like all of their similarities and connections. And uh, so you don't know like how much Scarlet's trying to stop her and how much she just wants to be with her and all that different stuff. Yeah, because she's definitely starting to think like would she still like me if she knew? Mm -hmm. Like I think she would maybe understand because she like when she talks about the victims she's like and you know this one had a nasty tendency of this or this one is accused of this like she's like they're not like all the victims were not good people and so she's like oh like she recognizes that like there is a reason behind it so maybe she would accept me for who I am and for what I did and I'm like oh honey that's a big leap um that you're trying to take there but I think she's like tired of hiding herself and like is looking for somebody who would accept her for who she is. And she's really hoping that person could be Mina. And so now it's like, for me, it's like, oh my God, like, is this going to happen? Like, is this going to be a happily ever after for a serial killer? This is a weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're getting closer in the investigation on that end. But for Carly and Allison, Carly has, and like her isolation from Allison and Wes too. Like Wes is trying to still be her friend, but she's kind of shut him out in this mm-hmm. pursuit of avenging Allison. She has been, you know, skipping class. Her work isn't as good. And Alex, you know, doc, the younger doctor can hear, like approaches her about it. And is like, is there anything on your mind that you want to talk about? So she kind of like, dumps everything on him like everything that happened and you know he's there he's understanding he's really he, listening to her he takes her out to a local bar he's like i know Ew. that these people will serve underage and like let's get you out like you need to get out and go have a night out of fun which yes ew and inappropriate but he Ew. like takes her out and like just shows her attention and really f- seems like he's like listening and caring about her situation and so she keeps confiding in him so one of the pieces of advice that alex gave her was to like write about it he's like that's what really helps me and he even like brought his marriage into it which is a whole other level of ick but he's like Mm -hmm. i when i have a fight with my wife sometimes i write about it or what i wanted to say to her and it makes me feel better so maybe if you do that it'll help so you know we all do it journaling diaries whatever but um carly writes about killing bash like she doesn't name names obviously like she writes it as a fictional story but in class alex will have them volunteer to read like their story aloud and carly never volunteers like she doesn't want to draw attention to herself but this one time she does and she starts reading aloud the story that she wrote about killing bash and I was like, honey, that is not what he meant. Like, write about it. Because he specifically said, we don't, nobody ever has to read it. But, like, yeah. it helps to get it out. And then she straight up just reads it in front of the entire class. Until, like, mid-story, one of this girls says, this is, like, twisted. Like, yeah. are you okay? And then Which she gets mad. Is also, like, I wanted to like Curly at the beginning of this book. I really did. I felt bad for her. But then, like, this, 
she's just so dumb. Like, you do not stand in front of a class and read a semi-autobiographical short story yeah. about yeah, killing someone. She's... Like, this girl who's been so shy, she was so scared to read any of her other stories before. But now she's going to stand up and read a story about murdering someone. I'm sorry. I just don't right? believe that. I don't buy it. It's weird. Well, And it's also, like, unhinged. Too. Yeah, which clearly she was at this point. But the part for me, too, is, like, Scarlet is so calculated. She's Uh cunning. She is smart with her decisions. And I guess, you know, young serial killer, they're going to make their mistakes. But that just seems out of character. Because she's worked so hard to hide that side of herself that all of a sudden now she's reading, like you said, a semi-autobiographical piece, like, in front of... 15 other people that just seemed out of character and it's more it's like i guess it's trying to show character growth in the aspect of like she's using her anger to like draw herself out of her shell but i just felt unrealistic to me because i feel like a person like that would retreat more into their obsessiveness obsession and not be like out like at this point she's just out there with it like um, yeah, she's, like, broadcasting, which it yes. is, like, I guess it is, like, kind of, like, revealing the monster within and then how she is, you know, 20 years later, um, this very calculated, cunning person. I guess, like, she has it under control to the outside world. Maybe that's what she was trying to portray, but, yeah, it just... Can you it, just it imagine being a student no. in that class <laughs> and listening to the weird quiet girl who's never spoken <laughs> the entire class, barely spoke at all, and she stands up and reads something like that? No. That, I would immediately drop out. I'd be like, all right, I'm going to transfer. It would be this so wild. For me. That would be the most juicy gossip I would go home and tell my roommate. It'd be so great. But, like, you want to know? Because yeah. Allison or Carly, in my mind, is like, basically the girl with the wolf t-shirt in the class you know <laughs> like yes she yes. Is that vibe and then she just stands up and reads this horribly graphic story about killing a peer that's yeah. messed up i would it's be like someone me. needs to do something about this <laughs> yeah that's a and alex vibe. is like maybe you you don't come back to class for a few and we'll like a few weeks we'll have our own like private sessions yes and that's when we find out about what what happened um between her and alex all those years ago yes because she is like pouring her heart out to him trying to talk about her feelings in her situation and he makes a pass at her and yeah like a sleep like he is and and she pushes him off like mm-hmm. immediately and he gets mad at her yeah he's it's like well what did you think yeah you were giving me these vibes blah 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 like no ew you disgust me like you already did but now you do even more yeah so now we're back with scarlet and mina and mina has put together that she thinks all of these deaths are related which at first yeah. i'm like yeah they're related they're all suicides like that 
on campus. Baseline, you should have had a mental health task force to right. deal with this, if that's what you thought was going on here. But then she says, I think they were all committed by the same person. And you're like, oh, shit's about Ooh. to hit the fan. Yeah. And Scarlett is freaking out. And it all comes to a head when Mina and Scarlett sleep together. Because like we said, like they've become close. They're bonding over friendship. Scarlett's trying to help Mina out with all of her conflicted feelings about Kinnear dying. And she comes over and like Scarlett gets her drinks and is like, just hang out as long as you need. Like you can hang out here if you need to talk, whatever. And they end up sleeping together. And after they do, Mina finds the little book of writings by the author that Scarlett likes. And she recognizes it because she had given it to Kinnear for like their first wedding anniversary or something. So yeah. now she knows like the cover's blown. Mina knows that Scarlett killed Kinnear and probably killed all the other guys. And yeah, Scarlett knows. You see like Scarlett's mind spinning like how can I get out of this? Like how can I make up a story that will cover my ass? And she, yeah. she's like no I'm just gonna like tell her the truth. Yeah. She's like, she's kind of like, I'm tired of hiding who I am. Maybe she'll understand. And yeah, she just tells Mina the truth. And Mina, rightfully so, is like, like, get away from me, grabs her clothes, gets dressed, runs out the door. And Scarlett's like, are you calling the police, essentially? And Mina doesn't respond. She just leaves. But now Scarlett's like spiraling because she's like she's gonna blow my cover she's going straight to the police like they're gonna be here in a matter of minutes and she had like basically a getaway bag packed and ready to go in case this ever happened um so she's about to head out of town when she hears a knock at her door yes and she thinks it's gonna be the police but it turns out it's one of her students, one of her, like, favorite students, Michaela, who's kind of, like, her prodigy. She reminds her a lot of herself when she's younger. And she's distraught, and she tells her that one of the other teachers has made a pass at her. And uh, Scarlett's like, well, I'll just take care of this on my way out of town too, I guess. Which is a bold choice. She's just off the rails at this point. Yeah, she's like, well, if they're about to catch me, I might as well take one with me to go. Yeah, <laughs> take it to go. But <laughs> to go. is that a little crass? <laughs> yeah. So she is like, I'll just swing through campus and take care of this problem, and then by that point, the police will catch up with me, and it'll just be all done. And so she goes through campus and I can't remember the the teacher's name that they think it is, but it's like one of the other sleazeball guys who's been promoted to. He was like Dr. Kinnear's prodigy. Yes. Like literally like just, yeah. Sleazeball riding on Kinnear's coattails, get up there and, you know, hitting on all the young women. Yes. It was disgusting. For sure. So she leaves, she's going to go by campus and solve this problem and like Michaela never said who what teacher it was but 
Scarlet knows because she had seen her, she knows who her advisor is. And she'd seen her like coming out of his office before and stuff. And she knows that this guy's a sleazeball. So she's like, it's this guy. And so right. she, she's like, text him to meet you here on campus. And I will go and meet him instead. Yes. And so uh, she's on campus, but then she like sees Mina's light on and she pops in and is like, I'll just see how this is going to play out. And when she goes in, she's expecting Mina to be like, get away from me. You're a murderer. You're horrible. I've called the police. But when she goes in, Mina is like, you're brilliant that you pulled all this off, which yeah, yes, we are going to get our serial killer happy ending, but I was just like, <laughs> I know. what the heck? It's very like, strange. All right, Mina. All right. Yeah. So Scarlett's shocked by this, but she's also like, this maybe is the person I've always been looking for, that she understands me and she knows why I've done what I've done. And yeah. so they like embrace and kiss and have this moment when Jasper walks in and it turns out that the person who had assaulted Michaela wasn't this other advisor. It was Jasper because he's a sleazeball too. Like we already knew, but he's even more of a sleazeball than we knew. And he is come and trying to like confront Scarlett because he also has caught on to her because he followed her to Kinnear's house the night that she killed him. And so she's like, yeah, he's like, I know what you've done and I can ruin you for it. And so it yeah. comes to this big brawl battle scene. And but first, yes, it cuts back to Carly, which I have to say, like, she keeps the suspense going, like, by going back and forth so often. As you're like, pause on the brawl with Mina, Scarlett, and Jasper. Like, what's about to go down there? And now you're flashing back to Carly finally trying to get her revenge for Allison. And she had met, like, another girl in the dorm who she saw at a party that Bash had, like, been acting inappropriately towards. And she didn't appreciate it. So she was, like, again, like, the same exact scenario where she's like text him to meet you here but I will actually be the one that he's meeting like it's so crazy how well she tied these two timelines together like in the way that she did I don't know I just think it's brilliant how she did that Mm -hmm. um so she dresses up in one of Allison's um like more revealing dresses she dyes her hair red which Mm -hmm. it is now it's been red for you know 20 years now because that's gonna match the girl who she's using as like the ruse yes and she goes to the rooftop of the dorm to wait for bash there which first of all why can you even get to the rooftop of the dorm like i know they get there like when they're not supposed to but still but also how completely unhinged is it to dye your hair bright red to like try to look like some other random girl like listen i think we can agree that she is not (laughs) not normal (laughs) she is unwell (laughs) but 
hit me even more hearing you say yeah. it of like that is bananas and if I was that yes. random girl I would be She's like committed get me out of like I will never set foot on this university again I would need if yeah. I was that random girl I would like I would need to go to therapy to deal with the fact yes. that someone like tried Use to me. portray me yeah Ugh, yes gross. So Bash shows up on the rooftop and she originally had like just planned to like, you know, get him closer to her, then kind of like rough him up a little bit. She had like a can of mace and she's just going to teach him a lesson that way. Um, But in order to get him closer, she, you know, is acting all suggestive. They start kissing and Allison and Wes run up to the rooftop and Allison's like what are you doing up here and they break apart so she doesn't get her chance to pepper spray bash and like teach him his lesson because Allison then like goes batshit on her and it's like you've been so weird lately like you're doing this like leave me alone like I don't need to be avenged like you don't know what you're talking about just like gives her the what for bash is kind of like I'm out. Like, I but don't know what's going on here. Because she also, like, Allison feels betrayed because she sees her, yeah. like, canoodling with her abuser. And it's just yeah. like, what, She's like, what are, you, are doing? you doing? Like, yeah. Just like, off I don't else. know what's wrong with you, but, like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And she's, like, basically kind of like the end of their friendship there. Yes. Um. So. Carly's very upset. Allison has left at this point. Wes is still up there. He's trying to comfort her. He's like, Allison's like this. Like, she's temperamental. Don't worry. Like, we'll talk to her. It's going to be fine. And he's, like, comforting her like Wes has been doing this whole time. Like, Mm -hmm. he's, like, the comforting nice guy. Or so we thought. Because, like, they were... He was hugging her. She was distraught. And then he leans down and, like, tries to kiss her. And she's like, whoa, Wes. Like, what's going... Like, clearly read the room like Mm -hmm. this is not what I want right now and then he flies into a rage and he's like like what is it with you like I give all these signals you're giving me these signals back but then you make out with Allison at this party and doing this and doing that like just like flies off the handle because the Mm -hmm. whole time like this the book has been referring to like Allison's first kill or not Allison Carly's first kill and you just automatically think it's fast, right? Like that's logically I time out and going. say I did not. This was the twist that I did see coming because I was like, ooh, they never give a name of who it is. Yeah. Yeah. She tries to, you know, up the ante that way. Like, ooh, it, it's just like him or her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Carly ends up pushing Wes off the roof of the building. Yeah, and, she just goes into a rage after he yeah, tries like, to take loses it. Her. Yeah, takes advantage of her and then yell, you know, makes it spins it around to be her fault basically, and she just goes into a rage and pushes him off the side of the roof. Yeah, and she has this moment. She's like, "I expect to regret it and have like this moment, uh, like where I'm sad or I feel something, but like she doesn't. Mm-hmm. She feels powerful." And, of course, you know, they find Wes. She acts distraught. Like, we were just up there talking, arguing, and he took a, you know, wrong step and fell off. 
And Allison immediately is like, you killed him. Like, you did this to her. She flies into a rage. And nobody knows who to believe. Like, the RA, everyone else believes Carly. Because they see her as, like, this innocent, quiet, shy girl. Like, why would she ever do that? No one's questioning why she has dyed her hair red and looks like a completely different person. Or why they were on the roof. Yeah. Yeah. To begin with. Um, So the rest of, like, that school year, she ends up, like, it's always been known that, like, um, Scarlett now, like, we know that she didn't finish that first year at Gorman, and now we know why. But the rest of the time she's there, people, like, kind of give her a wide berth they skirt around her but allison like knows Mm -hmm. and the the part that gave me the chills was like their last meeting like she allison gets wes's car and she's about to drive home for like christmas or something and um carly's waiting outside for her parents to pick her up and there's snow everywhere but she's standing on the spot where wes's body fell Mm -hmm. and allison is like confronting her about it like you killed him like i know you did like you might be able to hide who you are from everybody else but not me and carly like brushes the snow off the part like where there's still a blood stain um i know it freaks me out but then Allison's kind of like, you know, well, fuck you, Carly. And she, like, smiles at her. And she goes, I'll miss you, Allison. Mm-hmm. And then her parents pick her up. And she's basically like, you're next, like, to her dad. Because he's an abusive cheater. Yeah. And so we know her second kill is her father. Ugh. And then it just snowballs from there in her unhinged it just snowballs yes. yeah and then it all leads up to the moment we're back in the classroom with mina scarlet and jasper um and know, michaela have, have big reveal yeah michaela comes running in she gets in the middle of it even though scarlet told her to stay away and they have like this big knife fight because um scarlet basically has a knife in her boot or something Which, like all the time this this did it this did it for me <laughs> on this book <laughs> because it's a fucking steak knife we're gonna have to put the explicit because i've i've cussed like three times now i know it is how did you not in this? knife and she even <laughs> says it's like one of the generic ones from the dorm from yeah. the dining hall and you tell me that so you're gonna kill somebody with a steak knife absolutely not i'm sorry like i can barely cut steak with some with shitty steak knives like that like you are not you're not a killer you're not about to get i guess not where there's a will there's a way okay ruined it for me so badly i was like immediately oh are you going to overpower someone with a steak knife i'm sorry no maybe they have better knives than siu did I'm not even talking about SIU. I'm talking about work. Like, I've even my nice steak knife set that we got for the wedding. I don't think, unless it was precisely at the right point, I don't think it would kill someone. It would. Harm yeah, it them. would. I don't think it would. It would. But and I guess I you're feel talking like- about it has to be at the right point. Scarlet knows all the right points. That's true, but she I guess she knows I just where to stab. Like- 
it would. I, I feel like the person would overpower them, which I guess it's three on one. Exactly. I just, that just ruined it for me. I don't know. I can't deal with that. Oh, no, girl. Someone can no. kill you with a steak knife. Well, not a shitty dorm steak knife, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, I guess they, they can. can. Whatever. <laughs> You're like, this This is it. This is the moment. But there was a big scuffle. You know, it's kind of like who's going to, you know, Jasper gets in a good, like, few swipes. Mina gets injured when he, like, throws her back against the desk and, like, knocks her head. Michaela, I just pictured her kind of like standing in the middle screaming about Mm -hmm. it. Um, But in the end, Jasper is overpowered. um, And Michaela is actually the one that stabs him because she like comes in at the end and it's kind of like the unseen person. And like, then like, you know, they stab him from behind and they fall forward and reveal, you know, that's kind of how I pictured it. And it was Michaela. But that's the other thing. Like, you're telling me this little college girl knew where to stab him? I don't know where... I don't know where to stab someone to kill them effectively with a steak knife. All you gotta do is get him to bleed enough. I... But that's what I'm saying is to me, like, a steak knife is not... I like that. Yes, it is. (laughs) I'm going full scarlet and I'm putting way too much thought into this, but, like... You're putting... You're like, it's a steak knife. You literally just have to stab him enough to the point that they bleed out because they waited they waited for him to die and bleed out but i guess what i'm saying is i feel like he would unless she got him like on his carotid right on the first try he's gonna have strength to like get a move i don't know I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm. You're reading too much into this. It just threw it out for me because I'm thinking of so, of me trying to defend I'm so myself focused. with a steak knife. I would just give up. I would. Just, I would. I would just throw it away. Like that's not going to be that helpful. Oh my god. Is that how I feel? But maybe that's wrong. Where there's a will, there's a way. But <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I was more concerned of, okay, are they going to get away with this? And they do because then, you know, Scarlet's like making a plan. Like I'll take the fall. I've killed all these people already. You guys get away. But then Mina's like, no, no, no. Like I've got this. And so they, she's like, what's a few minutes in time of death? Like they'll never be able to tell, which freaked me out. I was like, Mina, you are dark. Um, And she calls and like puts on this good, show of being like there's a man in the knife room like 302 in the english building like help us and so like all these police officers come and no one can prove what happened right and they all like they had rehearsed their story that um you know mina and scarlet were working together jasper thought that they were like catching on to what he had been doing they even framed like all of Scarlett's previous murders on him mm-hmm. um and they were like yeah I saw him in that area because he like the night of Dr. Kinnear's death because he had told Scarlett that he had followed her there so he was seen in the neighborhood the night of Dr. Kinnear's death and then um but like no one would admit like who dealt the fatal blow essentially and they were basically like Michaela stay quiet 
Um, so they get away with it because the police can't prove them wrong or that something else happened and it was not an act of self-defense. So miraculously, Scarlett is off the hook for all her previous murders. Mina, her one soulmate in the entire world she happened to find, helped her get there. Michaela is in a lot of therapy. And um, Scarlett gets the... What? I just... It goes beyond my realm of believability that all of these people... You're telling me that girl, that scared shitless little college girl, isn't going to snitch at some point? Like, I just feel like no one can, it's going to come out. It's, you can't keep it. I feel like if you read this book with a realistic point of view, it's not going to work. I don't believe that any of this is, like, actually happening. You know? No, not, I, obviously, it's fictional (laughs) characters, but I, I guess I would have bought into it more if it had been... Like I would, I would believe in the vigilante shit of yeah. a person venging, like rapists and assaulters and all of that, as a, and setting it up as like I, I fully believe that could happen somewhere. Yeah, I just feel like when it blows up, it's not gonna blow up this way. Like that's what got me. Like. I confess your sins to someone and they're like oh you're so brave I love you so much it was a little too much no I'm of a perfect bow at the end yeah that's what I'm getting everything tied together I was like how is Mina okay with it but like still in love with I'm saying that's what like I that's the killing Eve aspect you should watch that show it's good I should, but also maybe not if I can't. I'm, if you can't. <laughs> if I, I, I have to be. If you can't like, believe this, how can yeah. you believe killing me? That's my problem. Yeah. So. I can see that. I can see that. But yeah, they all live happily ever after while they all gets, live. Yeah. And. <laughs> Scarlet gets her fellowship and goes off yeah. and in London and becomes like a Jack the Ripper of London. And that she... part freaks me out because Mina, like the ending scene is like Mina's like braiding her hair and she was like, Mina braids my hair in a way that won't leave any at the crime scene. Like she's brilliant like that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, so she's like in on it too. Yeah. And they're he like rehearsing out... her alibi. Yeah. She, like, goes out hunting, and Mina's her little wifey waiting at home. Like, how was your day at work today, honey? It just... But she... Yeah. But she She doesn't ask questions. She's like, I'm not going to ask where you were. She finds targets for her. Because she's like, my latest target Mina found for me. And it was, like, someone she works with. Like, her husband's abusive. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God, ladies. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where it ends. And that's it. Happily ever after, happy bow for the serial killers. And it just. Cozy little London flat. Yeah. That's where it lost it for me. Like, you asked me if I liked this book, and I said moderate. (laughs) Because I I liked it. I thought it was very, like, like the way the writing was very smart. And I like the way she lined up the timelines like that and how she revealed it. 
So I like the way she lined all that up, but it, she started to lose me. I think when Mina and Scarlett got together and Mina was like, okay with it. Yes. That's where I, I would say that's like the moment she started to lose me. Yes, I would agree. And I, I did like the pacing and the suspense and like, I wanted to know what happened and I cared, like I cared, Carly, I probably cared about the most or felt for her. Yeah. But it just went so off the rails and like like I said and like you said, it's just so implausible that it it took me out. It was felt a little bit like the house on the lake. Like I was invested in that story a hundred percent, believed it all until yeah. this like mystical aspect came in out of left field. And the same way about Mina, like her just agreeing to go along with it absolutely not that's not gonna happen and it's yeah. so weird it just like jarred it all out but it just felt like a little rush at the end I felt like yes. after all this up, like yes. I you know the whole Jasper reveal like there were still surprises like where it was Jasper and not that other you know sleazebag teacher mm-hmm. that was a surprise that was a twist so she executes the twist really well yeah um I would read another one of her books. I think I think this is like her second book, so I think her writing and like plausibility will get will improve. Yeah. I also didn't like and this is probably like an unpopular opinion. But it was like so anti-man and angry against men that it was like that threw me out of it a little bit too. Like there was not yeah. one single positively portrayed man except the gay man who was a great character. True. Yeah. But I'm but like he was also like such a small character. Exactly. But I'm like, you're telling me that this woman doesn't have one single redeemable person. Like you can't just kill I every... mean this is obviously a story of the extreme right yeah but that, i guess that's what threw bad. me yeah that's what like threw me out was how extreme it was yeah yeah because it just again like i'm a realistic person that's why i don't read a lot of <laughs> yes. fantasy books because like i can't handle it and also it's the part where like i listen to true crime all the time so i'm just like well this is not how that would happen like this is <laughs> they get caught that's not how it's maybe that's go. why it didn't ruin it for me Probably. That's probably yeah. why I'm just, like, immediately know would any of this happen. But that's yeah. also why I hate because, like, I felt like, I don't know, for a long time it does read, like, something that could be a Dateline special. And then we get yeah. the crazy wackadoodle part, which I guess there are some crazy wackadoodle parts in real life. But I don't know. It was it was good. It was definitely scary. Like, I did feel like I shouldn't be reading it at night sometimes. Yeah. I legit – so the, the dream I had – like, the first night after I started this, I literally read it right before bed. Like, finish a chapter, put it on my nightstand, turn the light out, went to bed. I dreamed that Scarlet was in my apartment. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> but no, but I thought to myself, oh, it's okay. She's not going to hurt me because I'm a woman and not a sleep bag. Like, <laughs> I literally was so comforted by that. I was like, oh, no, it's just Scarlet. I'm good. 
Oh my like, gosh. I'm not her type of target. <laughs> but it was still like I woke up, I was like, that was so messed up. <laughs> that is very messed up. But that also maybe that's a sign to her writing capabilities if it stuck with you that much that she infiltrated your dreams. Yeah, because it was still like the like you you didn't know Scarlet that much. And I think she tried to humanize her a bit with Mina. Mm-hmm. But it was still like that's just like her obsessive personality showing through. Yeah. Um so yeah, very conflicting emotions on this book. I wouldn't say don't read it. Like you know, if I'd be like, listen, if you want a wild, like psychological thriller, I I have one to recommend to you and I wanna like discuss it. I wanna hear your thoughts. Um, but I would absolutely like read another book by this author. Yeah. I think she's only going to get better. That's fair. If this, yeah, that's true. If this is an early novel, it's yeah only going to go up. And she definitely has the markers of a great thriller writer. Yeah, she's a great writing style. And it's very smart. Like, it's a smartly written book. Yes. Which we'll discuss the parallels, the weird parallels between this yes. book and our final spooky season read. I can't believe... It's almost the end of October. It makes me sad. Um, but I'm so glad we we're able to fit in a book every week. Next week is another thriller. Um, very strange parallels to this one, which we will get into. Totally. Um, and and it's excited. another wild ride. It is. It truly is. Yeah, you talk about plausibility and being realistic. Let's talk about this next one. We will, I have thoughts on that too. We'll dive in. Yeah, That's what we it'll do. be a good discussion. Hopefully, not two hours like this one ended up being. But yeah, you know, I don't know how we. Once we get on a rant, we, you can't stop us. <laughs> yeah, there's just so much to unpack here, which we say every time, and there's things we didn't talk about. Um, so we still yeah. left a lot to be discovered and a lot of minor characters and layers to this story. So be sure to pick this book up if it has piqued your interest. But if we don't have any other thoughts, you can follow us on Instagram at Life and Lit Pod where we post all of our books that we're going to cover, other book-related content, and what we've been reading. You can send us an email with suggestions or feedback at lifeandlitpod at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen on whatever platform you listen to. And like Paige said, we will be back next week with our final spooky season pick. It's another thriller that I'm really excited to discuss. So, very popular, very hot right now. I'm very yes. excited to talk about it. And this. a really good author who's a new to the pod author, but I really yes. like her. Yeah, we've done, so. have we done all new ones this month? Except Riley we, Sager. Yeah. But like I the last four. Look at us go. Cool. So we will dive into that next week, but until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.